Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and CorridorAesthetics.com. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach sitting in for Ben Kiefer. Lawmakers at the Iowa State House are facing a legislative deadline. By the end of this week, bills need to be approved by a committee in either the Senate or the House to remain alive for the session. We're going to talk about several bills today related to immigration that have either already cleared that hurdle or faced that deadline this week. The proposals would prohibit Iowans from transporting undocumented people into the state and would prohibit undocumented students from receiving in-state tuition at Iowa's public universities and community colleges, just to name a couple of the proposals. In a moment, we'll be joined by two people from Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice, which has been pushing back on these bills. But first, let's get a quick rundown of what we're looking at in the State House with IPR state government reporter Katarina Sestark, who's at the Capitol. Hi, Katarina. Hi, Grant. So, so some of these bills that we're um, con- going to be talking about today, um, you already mentioned a couple, but two have already gotten through the so-called funnel deadline. Um, one would block undocumented immigrants from getting in-state tuition at the regions and community colleges. And then one um, that's been pro- proposed for many years in a row um, would require businesses to use the federal E-Verify system to ensure that people are authorized to work in this country. Um, two bills that have not yet gotten through this funnel deadline line. Um, One would create a new state crime of smuggling people. Um, That's something that opponents of the bill say could criminalize driving someone to a doctor's office. And then another bill would make it a state crime to be in Iowa if you're undocumented and allow Iowa judges to deport people, though that raises a lot of constitutional issues. Okay, thanks, Katerina, for that quick summary. We're interested in your questions and comments today. Email the show at river to river at iowapublicradio.org or call 866-780-9100. Now let's talk to two people from Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice, a statewide legal services and advocacy organization for immigrants and refugees. Erica Johnson is founding executive director of Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice, and she joins us from the Law Library at the Capitol. Hi, Erica. Hi there. Thanks so much for having us. And we also have Vanessa Marcano-Kelly, the board chair of the group, and she's joining us on the phone. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for being here. Vanessa, you're a U.S. citizen and you've lived in Iowa for years now, but you weren't born in the U.S. Could you share a little bit about your background and how you came to be in Iowa? Yes. Uh, So I'm originally from Caracas, Venezuela, and um, I arrived in Iowa in the year 2012. Um, I had gone to school in South Dakota State, and then I found a a job here in Iowa, and, and that's how I was able to, um, that's why I'm, I'm here. And so then I, you know, um, worked here and found my husband here. And so now I live here. <laughs> if you reflect back on when you were a newcomer to Iowa, Vanessa, what barriers did you face living and working here? And do you think those barriers are different today for, for new immigrants to this state? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um <clears throat> So I, it's 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 easy to say, well, I studied here and then I came here. But what's behind that is the alphabet soup of visas that you have to 
um, that you have to have and you have to uh, pay for and you have to pay attorneys for in order to to have them and, and meet a lot of different requirements. So I've had a student visa which uh, requires you to um, pay not just out-of-state tuition, but international student tuition, which is about like three to five times higher. And you have to maintain status. You can't work outside of campus. Tons of restrictions that you have. And um, like even your social security card has a thing that says like you cannot work unless you have like DHS authorization, all those different things. Um, And uh, you're also, even though, you know, I graduated magna cum laude, I didn't have the possibility to get any academic scholarships because of the of the F1 status. And so then with that, then you are able to get a work permit after you graduate. Also a lot of more money, more very specific kinds of, of things. And then, you know, I was able to come here to Iowa with a work visa, so I had to do an adjustment of status. Again, more fees, more attorneys. Um, and, you know, I come from a privileged background. Um, my, my father was a doctor. My mom is a retired attorney. Um, my oldest brother is a doctor here in the U.S. as well. So I had that safety net, but it's not those, you know, and, that, and that's just, you know, for starters. And then being for Venezuela, from Venezuela where there's, like, exchange control issues. So even if my family um, had money in, in Venezuela, um, because of the exchange control and things like that, you know, that causes issues. And, and so you weren't able to, to pay. So had to um, rely on my brother and, and things like that. So it's like um, those were like at the very least some of the barriers that I personally faced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, navigating through this very complicated immigration system that's very complicated, very long um, and very costly. And there's people who um, don't even have a starting point. Um, you know, they can't get a, a, a any type of visa at all. And they're not in the privileged position that I was. And then um, coming here, I think it's like when you when you're trying to find an apartment, you're you get asked lots of different things. Or if you don't have credit, like in order to to buy a car, even as a uh, someone with a visa to buy a car, you know, you didn't have credit. I had to pay. You know, I use one of the academic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, awards that I got for research um, in order to buy my new car, my my first car, which was like a, a super old little car that I that I came here. But then it's like build your credit. So there's a ton of hurdles, and not just here in Iowa, but um, it, uh-huh. it, and I spoke the language already because mm-hmm. I went to a school here. So yeah. Erica, I think people may be aware of how immigration has reshaped Iowa communities. But as we look at the situation today in 2024, what role do immigrants play in Iowa's workforce, whether they're documented or undocumented? Yeah, I think that that's one of the biggest, um, for me, one of the biggest problems with this package of bills that we're seeing is that it, it feels like, you know, Iowa legislators haven't really done a good job of acknowledging the contributions and the reality of our state. The contributions of immigrants and refugees is is huge in our state. And the fact is that our workforce relies on them. Um, our, our economies, in not just in big cities like Des Moines, where we have one of the fastest growing um, immigrant population, non-native born populations in the country, um, but in our rural communities, the fact is that immigrants and refugees are propping up our rural communities that are seeing population decline and have for decades. Um, brain drain is a thing that is real in this state. And it has been, like I said, I grew up in Iowa and it has been this way for a long time. And so the truth is that Iowa, 
our future, the, the possibility of having a prosperous future here in our state is really reliant on immigrants and refugees moving to our state, contributing. Um, the truth is we do have undocumented workers here. They're all around the country, and they are propping up our local economies and our rural communities, our schools, our um, factories, our plants, our uh, all of these different levels um, are just things that are realities here in Iowa. And I, I really wish that our state legislators would be working towards um, finding some solutions to the problems that Vanessa named, um, in addition to other things that really move us forward rather than um, kind of just proposing solutions that are in search of problems. Your group, uh, Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice, held a rally at the Capitol last week um, opposing some of the bills that Katerina was describing for us. How do you see these bills impacting the work you do and the people you work with? Are there a couple examples you would point out? Well, I think um, one of the bills, it has two sections related to, um, the first section is about benefits. It creates additional barriers for eligible immigrants to access public benefits that they already qualify for. And then the second piece of that bill has to do with um, what the the bill proponents and those who introduced it uh, refer to as smuggling. Um, So again, the first section of the bill would really create additional barriers for the folks that we see every day, people who qualify for uh, food food stamps, for example, or Medicaid, people who are, um, you know, in vulnerable positions or just need some extra help, like any of the rest of us might find ourselves uh, in, in a similar situation at any time. So that part of the bill would really just um, create additional barriers. Again, it doesn't create necessarily new law um, it, it seems to just create additional barriers for people who are already eligible. And so it, it makes one wonder what the purpose of the bill is. If it's not addressing a problem, it's not um, creating any new laws, it's just making things harder for people who are already eligible. Um, and so one of the things we've been wondering if it's really the purpose of the, the bill is to perpetuate a myth that is not true, that um, you know a lot of people will say that undocumented folks are coming to this country to get public benefits when we know that they don't qualify and that that's not actually happening. Um, So that's a big concern is that it's going to cause a chilling effect for even U.S. citizen children who qualify for benefits uh, and their families who need a little extra help that they won't be able to get it. And then the second piece of that bill um, has to do with um, claims to have to do with smuggling. Um, And our big concern with that bill is that it's really similar to what other states have passed, places like Kansas and Florida, um, that have claim to want to crack down on the the crime of human trafficking. Um, But what we we really see is that you know, there are already laws that deal with trafficking, and there are protections that are built into current law. And so um, rather than sort of reinforcing those mechanisms and supporting the organizations who are supporting the survivors of those crimes, this bill would go after people who, um, who, who might be involved in just driving a person that, they, that might be in the country without authorization. And that poses real problems for people of faith, for people like us and, and others in the community who, um, who are just trying to be good neighbors. And we don't have much time left, but Vanessa, you know, I'm wondering um, what what can Iowa lawmakers do to, you know, address there are issues with immigration, you know, whether some people think so many people coming through the border is the, is the big problem. There's problems with people, you know, waiting so long for um, asylum, their asylum decisions in this country. What can Iowa lawmakers to do to help what is, you know, largely a federal issue? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think that, um, first of all, precisely that, um, stopping these bills, these bills are solutions in search of problems, and they're not really going to address the the underlying 
problem that is our broken immigration system, which has been broken for you know decades. Um, it, it there's been some movement um, many years ago, 2006 and 2013, and uh, and and many attempts, but but there seems to be this this lack of of political will to really to really get that through, or there's always some sort of thing that gets introduced that then stalls everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really shouldn't um, fall on the states to try to solve this this issue. So um, I think that the Iowa law- lawmakers could look at um, first of all stopping these bills. Um, we should Vanessa, be encouraged we're running out to of time pressure. Here. Yeah, Congress to pass an uh, an, an immigration um, fix and and really um, focus on on what's going on here in Iowa with families and with communities and focus on the contributions that immigrants provide. Just after this, thank you. Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and CorridorAesthetics.com. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach sitting in for Ben Kiefer. Apologies for cutting off our guest in that last segment. We were speaking to Erica Johnson and Vanessa Marcano-Kelly from Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice about some legislative proposals relating to immigration in the Iowa legislature. And we're going to turn our attention now to a couple of those proposals making their way through the Iowa House. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestark is here with us this hour, and she's joined in the State House Law Library by State Representative Stephen Holt, a Republican from Denison and chair of the House Judiciary Committee, also a co-sponsor on the bills we'll be talking about. Thanks for joining us, Representative Holt. Thank you. It's great to be here. And State Representative Lindsey James is a Democrat from Dubuque and House Minority Whip, who also serves on the Judiciary Committee. Representative James, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on. And Katerina, would you like to lead the question? Sure. Um, So first, I want to start. There's several bills we're going to talk about today. um, But Representative Holt, um, there is a bill that has not gotten through your committee yet, but did get through a subcommittee that would create this new crime of human smuggling and um, would also um, potentially um, add some stipulations in state law about immigrants receiving public assistance. Um, And, you know, there were some concerns about this bill potentially criminalizing, providing charity to immigrants or driving someone to school. You know, are you working on revisions to that bill or do you think that that's a valid concern about this? Yeah, we'll certainly uh, look at making changes to language if we need to do that. That obviously wasn't the intent. What we're looking to do here, we've had a situation where law enforcement pulled over a car with 12 individuals in it, in it two children. Uh, the two children were able to be taken away uh, because nobody in the in the vehicle could prove that the, the children belonged to them. But the rest of them, <clears throat> rest of the folks in the vehicle were from various countries, uh, not clearly not in the country legally. ICE was contacted. ICE refused to do anything about it. The Department of Public Safety had to send these people on their way. So what this is attempting to do is create a law that would enable DPS in a situation like that to be able to to uh, detain those folks. Uh, and actually try to get them deported. Who knows what they were on the way to do. Since they had those children, they were probably on the way to engage in human trafficking. Uh, Who knows what else? Uh, 
thank God, you know, thank God we were able to take the children away. So that is the purpose of this, not, not what you've described uh, at all. And so if some changes need to be made to that language, we'll certainly do that. And do you expect to get that bill through committee ahead of the final deadline? I do. And Representative James, um, you know, is there a way that you think that bill could be amended that Democrats would support it? Um, Do you think state law enforcement should have an option to pull, you know, do something when they see a situation like that? Thanks for the question. I I think it would be well to, to, to do a big picture here, first and foremost, when it comes to these particular bills. Our country is a nation of immigrants. Our countries over its entire lifetime, so many families have seen America as a place of refuge and a place of hope where they can build their families and give their kids their best chance at life. Um, and so this is, right, this is a beautiful part of our history. Now, we all know, that being said, we all know that we have a broken immigration system and there needs to be reform. But these are not about that at all. These bills are all about politics and are fracturing our state. So that in particular, that bill in particular, I just want to point out that there is a organization in this in Dubuque called um, Children of Refugee Families. And there is a pastor in Dubuque who speaks Spanish, who often takes kids to the dentist or a doctor's appointment and translates for them. Um, are we going to slap cuffs on this particular pastor who believes that everyone is made in the image of God and that she is required by her faith to love her neighbor? Are we going to put her in cuffs and send her to jail um, uh, you know, for human trafficking? So these are very real concerns that the bill hasn't addressed yet. I think there's also... You know, for law enforcement, it creates a lot of chaos. If there's a domestic violence situation and a law enforcement shows up and wants to get someone out of there, if they're not going to have the time to say, are you a citizen of the United States of America, right? And then get them out. There's someone in need right in front of them, and they may need immediate help and transportation. And so this bill, I think, will cause just a lot of chaos. Yeah, if I could respond to that. Um, there's a big difference uh, between legal and illegal immigration. We are a nation of immigrants legal immigration is quite different than illegal immigration and again we're talking about a parade of horribles here that that are not going to happen i explained the situation where we had to let those folks go who are probably about to engage in human trafficking you know in 2023 alone the Iowa department of public safety's division of narcotics enforcement seized more than 83,000 fentanyl tablets more than 1,000 pounds of meth 800 pounds of marijuana and 165 pounds of cocaine which begs the question how much got through the border is out of control, and the heartstrings that we're pulling should be for the American people uh, as opposed to illegal immigration. And we're going to do all we can to disincentivize illegal immigration in the state of Iowa. You know, when you say parade of horribles, there are many, many people who are coming here just to work, to send money back to their families, right. to escape from, you know, organized crime that's taken over the place that they live. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these bills, I mean, what, you know, for example, the one that would take um, and not let undocumented immigrants qualify for in-state tuition. I mean, if, if you're going to college, you're clearly doing something right. You're doing well in school. You're, you're a kid trying mm-hmm. to get higher education. I mean, why, why target, you know, kids like that through a bill like this? It's not about targeting children. It's about what's fair to the American people and the Iowa taxpayer. The pie is only so big when you're talking about in-state tuition. The, tie, the pie is only so big. When somebody that is not here legally is taking a piece of that pie, that means that piece of pie is not available to an, an American citizen student. It is about fairness and, and about the fact that the citizens of Iowa, the taxpayers of Iowa, should not be expected 
to fund tuition assistance for somebody that's not in the country legally. There's a big difference between university and community colleges and, you know, our public schools. The, the courts have ruled that everyone gets a public education regardless. Uh, that's not the case with community college and region universities. It is a question of fairness. And again, the heartstrings need to pull for the American people. It always seems that the other side of the aisle prioritizes illegal immigration over what is in the best interest of the American people. We have trillions of dollars in debt, a border that is absolutely out of control, fentanyl coming across the border that's killing our citizens. This has to stop. So I... I want to jump in here just to remind people you're listening to River to River on IPR News, and you can offer your own question or comment with the lawmakers here. The number is 866-780-9100, or you can uh, email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. I just want to raise the issue of these are state actions that the legislature would take on an issue that when it comes to the border is recognized as a federal issue, although that's been part of the discussion uh, in the politics around the border most recently. We had a a note from Gary in Davenport who writes uh, regarding the bill that criminalizes transporting undocumented immigrants. Is that not in the purview of the federal government? Is the state looking to get into issues that the federal government should be dealing with, Representative Holt? Yeah. Well, the problem is, as I described before, ICE refuses to do anything under the Biden administration. We have an open border. We have an invasion into our country. That is a fact. States have a constitutional right to defend themselves against invasion and to defend their sovereignty. And basically every state in the United States today is a border state. We're all dealing with fentanyl. We're all dealing with the horrific consequences of human smuggling, of human trafficking, sex trafficking. Uh, It's horrific. It's immoral in every way. And states have a right and I think an obligation to respond to that. Since the federal government's unwilling to do it under the Biden administration, states are going to take care of it themselves, which is what Texas has done. And that's what I was going to do. Representative James, do you think the situation at the border is a big problem for the country? And, you know, if so, what can Iowa lawmakers specifically do to address that? If not, you know, you don't agree with these bills that are put forward. Sure. I appreciate the opportunity to respond. There was a lot of finger pointing there. Representative Holt um, pointed toward Democrats when really, if you take a look at what's happening on a national level, congressional leaders in a bipartisan plan worked with the Biden administration to put forward meaningful immigration reform. According to CBS News, this is what they said. The deal's chances in Congress appeared to plummet after former President Donald Trump weighed in and told congressional Republicans to oppose the bill. When we have a chance for meaningful reform, Republicans choose politics. Kim Reynolds was happy to do a press conference at the border, but she can't pick up the phone, doesn't have enough time to tell uh, Grassley and Ernst to do their job and to hold them accountable to getting that meaningful reform done. Again, when we have a chance for that meaningful reform, what we see is Republicans choose politics every single time. Good talking points, but the finger pointing is well deserved. The fact is that was a disastrous policy that was agreed to. It took Texas's right to defend its borders away from uh, away from them. Uh, we're all for a good uh, good immigration reform as long as it makes sense, and it didn't make sense. Well, it made sense to a bipartisan coalition of congressional well, leaders. Not in the end. After, in fact, it, it was looked at, you know, carefully and evaluated carefully. It didn't, in fact, make sense, and that's why it fell apart. I, I believe that politics got in the way there when Donald Trump inserted himself in some meaningful reform. Yeah. 
Representative James, I do want to go back just to the question of, do you think there's any policy that Iowa lawmakers could pass in this realm, or do you think it should be entirely left to, to the federal government? I am never afraid to have any conversation on a state level, and I think immigration reform is one that we can have on a state level. I think these bills are just sorely missing the mark. We want to make sure that um, that people have meaningful pathways to citizenship. I look at our Iowa National Guard program. We have a uh, serve to citizenship program that actually was highlighted in the condition of the state this year, a young woman who is now a citizen and serving in the Iowa National Guard. Why aren't we talking about and thinking about more programs like that, that can reward people who are working hard, who are attempting to educate themselves and who want to give back to their community. There's a lot of people in this place already who are there and want to do that. So how do we get them into some meaningful pathways to citizenship? Um, there's also a bill um, related to requiring businesses to use E-Verify. Um, that's something that has passed the full Senate years ago, comes up there every year. The House has never passed that bill. Um, Representative Holt, you know, why do you think the House hasn't passed that before? Um, and, you know, if, if, if you're really serious about wanting to prevent undocumented immigrants in the state, you know, why not pre- cut off their employment opportunities, right. if that's what you want to do. Right. Well, and I have an E-Verify bill moving, but there are actually some concerns about E-Verify in terms of how it impacts businesses and also about the effectiveness of it. Uh, frankly, in, in the House, uh, there's a lot of concerns, sort of garbage in, garbage out, that that system actually uh, approves a lot of folks that are not in the country legally that are using false documentation, those sorts of things. But we need something like E-Verify or something similar to it. I agree 100 percent, and that's why I advanced the bill this year. Uh, but there are concerns uh, related to uh, to its effectiveness. And uh, and again, uh, you know, businesses are concerned about using it in terms of uh, and they also already have a lot of systems in place. And in, in Denison, for instance, uh, farmland and some of the other other places, Smithfield have do have some systems in place that uh, that they utilize. So uh, I agree we need to do everything that we can do uh, on the business level to ensure that that uh, folks that are hired are actually, you know, legal legal can legally work. Uh, E-Verify might not be the pathway as far as the house is concerned. So we're continuing to look at it. And Representative James, do you think, you know, businesses should be required to verify immigration status? So when discussing the E-Verify system, there's already it's clear that there's a lot of false positives in that system and that it's it's actually quite slow. So there's a lot of frustration within the business community and those who are are wanting to work. So I think it's something that we definitely need to um, to do some fixes on. See, we agree on this one. (laughs) Hey, look at that. Bipartisan agreement. It's River to River on IPR News. Uh, We're going to go to a caller in a second. You can offer your own question. Call us 866-780-9100 or email river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Let's talk to, um, let's see, I think it was Kathleen. Kathleen, are you there? I am here. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, what's your question, Kathleen? Well, I lived in Arizona since 1986 when Ronald Reagan granted amnesty to um, immigrants to illegal immigrants. And um, what I noticed is every election year, this was always a hot button. But I never saw any policymakers in all the years that I lived there, I live in Des Moines now, ever truly make policy. I know John McCain tried, but he was shot down as being too liberal. So I'm curious if there's actually going to be action, or is it just because it's another election year? Representative, Is there going to be a true pathway? Uh, Representative well, Holt, is, are these uh, election year politics, or uh, are you looking to get these all the way through? 
Well, first off, I would respond. You know, President Reagan described it as one of the biggest mistakes it ever made because he agreed to the amnesty if the border got locked down and the border didn't get locked down. So he got hoodwinked, which is a classic example of why Republicans today are so hesitant to agree on anything because of what happened to Ronald Reagan back in 1986 with the amnesty being granted. Uh, having said that, these are not election year politics at all. These are things we, we think you have to disincentivize coming across the border illegally. That has to be disincentivized. And we're trillions of dollars in debt. We cannot continue to afford, uh, you know, what is happening with Ill- illegal immigration is crippling this country across the board. There's what a uh, school in New York, I think, where the kids aren't getting to go to school right now because uh, the building is housing illegal immigrants. I mean, it's completely and utterly out of control. And we have massive amounts of fentanyl coming into the state of Iowa. It is a very, very dangerous situation. We know we have human trafficking. We have sex trafficking. We have labor trafficking. These things have to be stopped. We're going to look at everything we can do on the state level to do that since the federal government is failing to live up to its responsibilities under Joe Biden. Representative James, do you want to respond to that? Sure. I just want to keep coming, bringing us back to um, kids. Kathleen, thanks for that question about amnesty. Um, We've got kids here who um, may be here due to no choice of their own. Right. They had no ability as children to weigh in as to whether or not their family comes to America. And yet these bills seem to punish these kids from attempting to build a meaningful life. Um, And so I would say that if we are going to have those kinds of conversations, we need to talk about those kids and how to make sure that we're not turning away kids who are hungry, kids who are in need of hospitalization, kids who want to build their life and work. And um, and instead, we see them as our neighbor. Unfortunately, in politics, this is an easy culture war boogeyman for people to throw around right when it comes to an election. We see that the do-nothing Republican Congress is making it inflaming this even worse. We see with Donald Trump's comments that this bipartisan movement and meaningful um, approach to immigration is now dead. So um, I do think that there is a lot more we could do and certainly think that those are important conversations. But right now, these bills are all about politics. Representative James knows the Senate's controlled by Democrats in Washington, D.C., but also uh, children cannot be turned away for in hospital situations in the state of Iowa or anywhere else in the country, for that matter, regardless of their immigration status. And let's make sure our, our hospitals and our mental health care systems um, and other systems have what they need in place. If you haven't noticed, we have a children's mental health system that Republicans have never funded in the state of Iowa. So we have a lot of work when it comes to the real problems that our, our state is facing. Child care. We have a workforce shortage crisis, affordable housing, women's reproductive rights, lowering costs for Iowans. There's so many practical things that we could be working on. Instead, we're in the midst of political fights. And Representative James clearly doesn't want to talk about illegal immigration. Let's, let's wrap up this up, wrap up, wrap up this segment here. Uh, We just heard State Representative Stephen Holt, Republican from Denison, chair of the House Judiciary Committee, and State Representative Lindsey James, Democrat from Dubuque, who serves on the Judiciary Committee. Thanks, both of you, for for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Uh, Coming up, we'll talk with a Republican senator about a bill to hold Iowa employers accountable for hiring undocumented workers. I'm Grant Gerlach. It's River to River from IPR News.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Grant Gerlach, in for Ben Kiefer. My co-host today is IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek. And now we're going to turn our attention to the Iowa Senate. Senator Julian Garrett is a Republican from Indianola. He's also the floor manager for a bill that seeks to hold employers accountable for hiring undocumented workers. Senator Garrett, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Katerina, would you like um, to start questions? Yes. Uh, Senator Garrett, um, so for years and years, you've proposed this bill um, to require businesses to use the federal E-Verify system to check the immigration status of the people they're hiring to make sure that they're authorized to work in the country. Um, Why have you proposed this bill for so many years, and why do you think it has never made it past the Senate? Well... That's not quite right. It ha- we have passed it in the Senate. It's, it's always been the House that's been the problem. There have been a few people, a few Republicans in the House who have opposed it. And uh, in either the House or Senate, you can only lose so many Republican votes and then you, your bill won't pass. And That's been the problem in the House. We haven't had quite enough Republican votes to give us a majority. Uh, we did pass it in the Senate a couple years ago. We didn't last year because I could see that it wasn't likely the House was going to pass it, so we just didn't push it then. We let it just let it go and worked on other bills. And why has this been such a big priority for you over the years? Well, I've seen uh, both here in Iowa and nationally um, the uh, border has not been very secure and we've had many many people coming across into the into our country and uh, in in violation of the law there's strict criminal laws against people coming into the country illegally and and people hiring them uh, also and it's not fair for honest law-abiding people to have to compete with people that are not legal, that are coming across illegally, and undercutting their wages. If you're an honest employer uh, and you obey the law, you hire people that are in the country legally, uh, and then you have to compete with the guy down the street who hires people who are here illegally and will work for cheaper wages, that's the whole thing, cheap cheap labor or cheap wages, that's just not fair to the honest businessman. By the same token, if you're an employee looking for a job and looking for work, it's not fair to you to have to compete with somebody who will work for cut weight wages. So I just think for our citizens who are here, good law-abiding people complying with the law, it's not fair to have to compete with people who are here illegally. What do you make of, you know, some Republican lawmakers, Democrats, businesses, migrant advocates are all raise this issue of the E-Verify system doesn't provide good information all the time. There's false positives that can lead to big problems for businesses and people who are seeking jobs. Um, You know, do you share those concerns? And, you know, if this were to be mandated, what, what happens to those people who are who are wrongly flagged by the system? Well, 
one of the biggest problems that we have in the legislature, and especially in the House, is people who aren't overly familiar with uh, with the law and who make those claims. Uh, some of the opponents and the um, uh, lobbyists make claims like that, and they're just not true. Uh, I've got information here from E-Verify that I'd like to share with you and your audience in light of you bringing that up, because that is one of the common complaints that we have. Oh, it's just not accurate and it's not fair to people here are statistics as of last the fourth quarter of last year for me verify 98.24 percent of all inquiries are just fine no problem the the employee is legal and can be hired and they get a response back just almost immediately 98.24 percent is just fine. The uh, error rate, contrary to what some of the opponents tell you, is 0.14%. Less than 1%, just a tiny little percent. 0.14% of the inquiries that employers make into the E-Verify system are initially shown as a mismatch. In other words, they're told this person is not, cannot legally be hired. And then after checking further, they find that that person can be legally hired. And a lot of that is uh, maybe a, a woman who is working and she gets married. And she, her name changes. And then she gets a different job and the employer checks on on her name and sends the information in then and it's it's a different name than what is in the social security system and the e-verify system but they can straighten that out that the system has provisions for correcting errors and so in in those tiny little percentages if they're wrong if it's an error they can fix it uh, Senator Julian Garrett, uh, our guest for this segment of River to River on IPR News. If you have a question or a comment you'd like to join our show, call us 866-780-9100 or email river to river at iowapublicradio.org. We had this uh, email from Vicki who writes, how many uh, illegal immigrants have been necessary to run our meatpacking and agricultural industries in Iowa as a practical matter? How can Republicans have it both ways? Protect employers, easy access, but punish immigrant workers. Uh, Senator Garrett, what would, what would your response be to Vicki? Well, that is not an uncommon um, argument that the other side makes. I would ask Vicki this. What about environmental laws? That costs employers money to comply with environmental laws or civil rights laws or whatever. Would she say that since it costs them money uh, that they don't have to comply with the law, with the uh, environmental law? I doubt that very many people would say that, but it's the same principle. I just don't think that uh, it's justifiable because it helps you economically to hire cheap labor, that that means you don't have to comply with the law. That doesn't make any sense to me. We don't 
say that about other laws. It's just this law for some reason that some people argue that they don't have to comply with because they need the cheap labor. Senator, I do wonder about, you know, people who are undocumented, who are already living in the state and working in the state. Um, What does this do, you know, to people who have been here for a while? They, you know, are making money to feed their families, you know, support their families. What happens if this E-Verify bill passes and where does that leave those people who, you know, potentially have children here who were born here and have grown up here? Well, that I, I understand that's a difficult argument, but we can't, at least I don't think, we can allow the whole world to come in to the United States and into the state of Iowa because they can better their economic uh, position by doing that. We can't take care of the whole world. We can't. We're we're having hundreds of thousands, if not millions, come in now. And look what's happening. A lot of these cities are going to. Uh, they're setting up facilities to take care of them uh, at the expense of our existing citizens. You hear about hotels or or just different uh, different facilities where they're doing that. And yes, of course, we can sympathize with people. But uh, as I say, you just can't take care of the whole world. We've got to look after our own citizens first, in my opinion. that That's my opinion. Seems like sometimes they're last. And uh, so that that's my response to that. You, you just can't take care of the whole world. River to River on IPR News. Email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Call 866-780-9100. Let's go back to uh, a caller. Uh, James, are you there? Yes, I am. <clears throat> my first comment is is that uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration says most of the fentanyl that comes into this country is brought in by professional smugglers and brought in through the normal checkpoints. Very few uh, drugs are brought across the border by immigrants who are fleeing the situation that we in our past history has caused in those countries, whether that's dictators or whatever. We overthrow democratically elected governments. We uh, uh, make it amenable for big corporations to control the uh, the economy in those governments and uh, th- those countries. And we take away their ability to let's just say uh, farmers. Farmers can no longer farm in Mexico and make enough money because of NAFTA to feed their family and to maybe make enough to support three other families who are um, living in the country. But on this last thing, you want to get away with cheap labor? You want to get away with it? Do away with it? Don't put so many things in in the uh, organization of labor movements. Uh, the only thing that guarantees you a good wage is a union representation. Uh, the the goodwill of your employer is few and far between. I've known a few, and they are few, who care about their employees and will pay them a living wage. And the last thing I want to say, and this is the important part, you make one lie, and I won't believe anything else that comes out of your mouth. The thing about fentanyl was bad enough, and... Uh, uh, I just can't believe that they say they're Christians uh, and yet Senator they Garrett refuse to welcome strangers in their land. Senator Garrett, uh, I want to ask you about his point about fentanyl. 
Fendel is one of the borders that um, people pushing immigration reform have been raising. Are the kinds of proposals that, that you're pursuing here and others in the legislature so far, is that really an avenue to get at the kind of problem that you're looking at with uh, fentanyl crossing the border? Well, I, I think it's a little hard to say for sure because that's all done, you know, undercover and uh, surreptitiously. But uh, we do know that the cartels are uh, bringing fentanyl and other drugs into our country. And also we know that they are the ones that are uh, helping uh, people come into our country illegally. So it, it looks like there might be some connection there. Uh, uh, like I say, it's all undercover and probably a little hard to prove it, prove for sure. But I wouldn't uh, dismiss that as, as quickly as the caller did. Senator, there's another bill that is up for consideration by the Senate Judiciary Committee that deals with um, essentially allowing um, judges in Iowa, state judges, to order people to be deported. Um, This is something that, you know, the the U.S. Supreme Court has held that it's the federal government's job to enforce immigration laws. Um, Do you expect that bill to move forward? And how do you um, get over that hump of, you know, the, the U.S. Supreme Court saying that that's a federal matter? Well, that's probably going to be a legal issue. I would like to point out that my E-Verify bill uh, does not have a problem with that issue. Uh, Many years ago, the state of Arizona passed a mandatory E-Verify law, and they were sued. And the case got all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, Arizona, you're fine. And that's one of the things that got my attention, that uh, that uh bill or that law that they passed uh has already been declared legal and okay by the Supreme Court it doesn't have this issue about the uh, um that you were talking about there um and here's the here's the thing about it the federal law that deals with immigration and has all the penalties and so on. There are a lot of criminal penalties that people don't know about, I think, for bringing people over illegally and and people coming illegally and hiring them and working all that. The uh, law says, the federal law says, that it's, um, it's, uh, it is a federal issue except in cases of licensing. And that's what our bill does. If the uh, employer does not comply with the law and hires people illegally under this bill, they lose their license to do business for a short time, and they're given time to correct it and so on. Uh, and, And that has already been declared legal by the U.S. Supreme Court. So the problem you're talking about uh, for the other bill and and I understand there there is that provision in the federal law, but that doesn't apply in in our case here because it's Supreme Court's already said that's a, we're okay. Uh, we're running short on time. I want to get to one last caller, Jody. You be very quick with your question. We've only got about a minute or so left here. Yeah, thank you. I am just calling. Um, you know, Senator Garrett, Representative Holt even just said in the previous segment that he understands that there's a lot of problems with E-Verify. Um, 
I know you quoted some statistics, but I, I work in nonprofit immigration law, and we see false positives all the time. Um, it is super problematic, which is why this every time you introduce this bill, it's problematic. Um, have you ever reached out to people on the ground doing the work to understand what the reality looks like? And if not, do you plan on doing that? And do you plan on going back and working with your sure. colleagues? Yep. So that you realize that this does not actually work well, and it's ridiculous to keep introducing something that doesn't Senator work. Senator Garrett, Senator Garrett, we only have about thirty seconds. Please be brief. Okay, um, most of those um, contentious claims are not true. I have talked to many people on the ground. The average person out on the street is highly in favor of this bill of uh, stopping illegal immigration. Polls have been taking showing up upper 60s to 70 some percent of the respondents are in favor of mandatory verify. The, uh, the claims that we hear uh, mostly just aren't true. Thank and you, that Senator is a Garrett. big I, problem I, because the average person doesn't hear all these, all the facts. Thank you, Senator Garrett. Thanks for being on the show. Senator Julian Garrett is a Republican from Indianola. Thanks also to Erica Johnson, Vanessa Marcano-Kelly of the Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice for joining us earlier, and Representatives Stephen Holt and Lindsey James. We'll keep you up to date on the developments at the State House this week and let you know what clears this deadline. Thanks to Samantha McIntosh producing our show today. Technical support from John Pemble and Maddie Willis. Our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. For IPR State Government reporter Katerina Sestarek, I'm Grant Gerlach. You've been listening to River to River from IPR News. Thank you.